there are events that test our mettle and our resolve. As we move through this crisis, how are we coping, adapting, fighting on? Join us for local stories of perseverance, creativity, and contributing to community as we showcase Detroit area leaders who share their thoughts and stories and discuss how they and their organizations are managing adversity and serving others. Welcome to Michigan Motors Forward and Metro Detroiters who are pivoting, evolving, and moving ahead. Welcome to Michigan Motors Forward. I'm John Gay. If you're under the age of 50, chances are you grew up watching public television with iconic shows like Sesame Street, Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood, and more. Here in Southeast Michigan, Detroit public television reaches kids more than any other outlet as it's available over the air without a subscription. With me today is DPTV Senior Vice President Georgianne Herbert. Georgianne, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you for having me. So if you ask any parent or teacher who is faced with the idea of education at home, they'll tell you it's been a struggle from all sides. Georgianne, can you walk us through the efforts that DPTV has made to reach out to both parents and educators as we realized the stay-at-home order was coming and schools in Michigan were going to be closing? Well, when the order came out, our education team had been working for quite a while with organizations particularly parents and teachers in the city of Detroit, to try to help supplement their children's learning and create a better environment around the children. So our focus has really been how do we help families adapt and change and be able to continue to support their kids' learning. And there was certainly a desire. We need to keep kids engaged in learning as we move forward because it's an important part of school being out. School's not over. School's out, but not over. And so we spent a lot of time as a team talking about how do we serve parents particularly. They're going to be going crazy because they're going to be working from home. They're going to have the kids at home. Who knows where the income levels are going to be for the next little bit if people are losing jobs or whatever. So what we decided to do was to pull from the amazing library of PBS Kids resources at all age levels, both the little kids resources for shows like Daniel Tiger and Sesame Street that you mentioned, as well as Wild Kratts and others that are very popular. But also, how do we serve older kids? Because they're home too. Yeah. And Many people don't realize that PBS Learning Media is a resource that has been around for a number of years for teachers in the classroom. Hmm, okay. And so there were all sorts of already made resources for kids that their parents could easily access and use at home. And so we worked through some of that stuff, had some uh, recommendations from some of our other PBS station sisters, if you will. On the very first day that everybody was at home on March 16th, we published our first newsletter. And we publish six times a week. It has messages for parents, messages for teachers, and messages of really easy things to do at all levels, no matter what age your child is. So we break it apart by ages, and then they're able to access those activities. And we made it very simple in particular so that those families who have challenges with limited data on their phones or whatever could also access those resources or not even have to access a website at all, but have some enough information that they could do things at home. You know, the running uh, thing that we hear over and over again is that there's no blueprint for this type of situation because this whole world is new to all of us. In some ways, it sounds almost like you are putting together a blueprint for parents and educators and kids to give them some sort of guidance as to what to do while they're at home. Yeah, I mean, internally, we actually referred to it as the boredom buster newsletter because we knew at some point parents were going to be concerned that kids were getting too much screen time and maybe inappropriate screen time. Mm. So it was really a focus of saying, you know, here's some fun things that the kids can do on their own if they're older or maybe parents and kids can do together. 
And then we publish five days a week, Monday through Friday, but we also do a weekend edition that's focused on family time and is very focused on low-tech things that families can do together. And that's allowed me to rediscover some things like card games that I forgot how to play, like Crazy Eights or One of the recent things we've been doing as we added a component to the newsletter to encourage kids to get up and move and not just be tied to screens was something from my childhood. Essentially, uh, rhymes that you recite while you're jumping rope. Ah, okay. (laughs) Things like that that are just, they're low tech, they're old fashioned, but they still work in times like these. I think that is so important to get out and get moving. I know for myself, it's a struggle for me to get away from the screen sometimes to get out. And, you know, we just got a dog so we can walk the dog around the block and just get some of that physical activity in. For those who aren't familiar with the newsletter, how do people subscribe to it? It's really simple. Just go to dptv.org slash education. And you'll find there not only today's newsletter and a link to sign up, but also resources that we've been compiling over the whole period since the shutdown began. So there's a lot of opportunity there. So if you don't like what we sent out today, there's probably something we already did that you'll like better. Absolutely. And you've been doing Zoom meetings, too, on the education side as well, right? Right. Every part of the really success of the newsletter has been that since the beginning, we've been convening a daily Zoom call with representatives from Macomb, Oakland, Wayne, and Washtenaw ISDs, along with Detroit Public Schools Mm -hmm. and some community organizations. And they've been really helpful with us. What are parents saying? What are the things that parents are coping with? What's the mental health of families at this point in time, given that we're now more than three weeks beyond what we originally thought. And the other piece of it is that they have been taking our newsletter and redistributing it to their districts and to their schools and to their parent family. So I'm always asked, you know, how many people are getting your newsletter? And the answer is, I don't know. (laughs) I really don't know. But we know from the traffic that we're seeing on the website and through the different activities that a lot of people are definitely using it every day. Georgia, and you touched on this a minute ago. I want to come back to it. The broadcasting schedule, you've kind of revamped the whole thing to accommodate children and parents, really, of all ages. Can you discuss that a little bit? Sure. One of the things that we had the great advantage of about three years ago, we launched our 24-7 children's channel. And that has proven to be enormously popular in the Detroit area, in part because you didn't have to have cable to get it. So a lot of homes who didn't have access to it, number one. Number two, it's available streaming as well as all the programs are available on demand. And the third thing is, is it's 24-7. So you had a chance finally with parents to sit down with their children in the evening or on the weekends and get children's programming, which we couldn't offer before. So what we decided to do was keep the 24-7 channel intact But use that where there's repetition of programming on our main channel to then serve older children who we typically don't serve. So beginning March 30th, we launched a schedule from 7 a.m. in the morning till 6 p.m. in the evening, serving upper elementary, middle school and high school students and airing programs out of the PBS library that our colleagues in California have been aligning to national standards. So It might seem, why are we airing this Masterpiece episode? The answer is it probably connects to a unit that high school students have to have in American literature. Wow. Is there a specific example of that you can give? Little Women. Ah. (laughs) You know, there's one. uh, We've been airing some Shakespeare and that if you're in... I think it's senior English when I was in high school. I'm not sure where it is now, but Shakespeare is part of the curriculum for you know English literature. That's part of it. We've got Nova with a lot of great science content, and we've got American experience and finding your roots with certainly American history. 
I'm sure some of these programs appeal to adults as well, not just the older kids. Oh, absolutely. And we're seeing that in the ratings. We're seeing actually sometimes close to prime time level ratings in the wow. middle of the afternoon when the adults are tuning in. And that's really just people's changing habits. You know, we look at media consumption. People don't have a commute right now going to work morning or afternoon. So they're home and they're consuming TV, radio, podcasts, etc. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, for adults, it also provides that opportunity that if you have a high school student and goodness knows teenagers aren't real anxious to hang out with their adults all that much, <laughs> but it provides an opportunity for the family to sit down together maybe and go, oh, I didn't know that about Eleanor Roosevelt. That was really pretty interesting. So it provides a, an opportunity for shared family time instead of people going to their corners on their respective screens. And while many families do have those respective screens, many families don't have multiple screens. Many families are limited in, as you said, data plans, but also bandwidth and how many connected devices, if any, they have in the home. So how has that factored into your thinking in terms of how to provide learning opportunities for those in the family that aren't in front of the internet right now? Well, that was one of the key questions that led us to go ahead and make the changes on the main channel was that we knew that there was this enormous equity gap mm -hmm. with students who were not able to access online learning that was being provided by their school districts. So it was supplemental programming is how we, we described what we're doing on the on the main channel, but it gives an opportunity for a family that doesn't have those kind of resources. There's a lot of families in the city who are paying for their data minute by minute, yes. and it's incredibly expensive. They don't have an unlimited data plan. We have a lot of families in rural areas who have very poor broadband connection. And so broadcast gets into every home. And so it's an opportunity, even if it's not exactly what the school wants them to teach, it's a way to keep kids engaged in learning that's easily accessible and doesn't require some sort of device other than your TV set to make happen. Really is a great service that you're providing to families all over Southeast Michigan. And I know you mentioned earlier how you're in the newsletter is giving ideas to parents and educators about how to deal with, I don't want to say new normal because I feel like that phrase has played out at this point, mm -hmm. but do you have any thoughts uh, or any closing thoughts or words of wisdom or encouragement that you can give to parents who are listening who are really struggling right now with how to balance whether they're telecommuting or not working at all and having to have their kids be entertained during the day and educated during the day? Do you have any words of encouragement there? I think there's three or four things that we emphasize. Number one, stop, breathe. <laughs> yes. You're doing great. It's most important at this time for you to make sure your children feel safe, that your children feel cared for. They're just as scared as you are. You know, it's really important to give them a sense of hope and purpose, and we'll get through this. That's number one. Number two is set some limits. I have a cup of coffee. I'm going outside to drink it now, and you can't talk to me until my cup is empty. <laughs> That's a coping strategy yes. for an adult. You know, it's really important. I think another um, really key thing is, again, to set up some expectations and give assignments to your children. Don't let them be on screens all day. They can help with dishes. They can help set the table. Even toddlers can help make something for dinner, even if they eat more of the carrots and they're, they're helping you clean, you know, whatever. It's that kind of thing that gives each member of the family a sense of contributing and the, the fourth thing is, is don't worry so much about your child falling behind. I think that every child is in this situation now. Every child is doing that. It's not a competition. 
think about the memories you want to create of this time for your family that 10 years from now, when you get together for the family reunion, we're all laughing about what we did during the, the coronavirus shutdown. Think about it in terms of the long-term legacy you want to keep your kids. And fussing over a math worksheet, you know, and getting into a fight about it is not the memory you want to keep. You want to keep the memory of something special that you did together. I want to uh, replay that last part on a loop over and over and over again. The math worksheet just really isn't worth it. Yeah. Georgianne, finally, for anybody who is not familiar, and I can't imagine anybody wouldn't be, but anybody in the area who's not familiar with Detroit Public Television, obviously you can get it online. We're going to include the links to that in our show notes. But how can people get it on their televisions? We have four channels at the current time. Um, 56.1, our main channel, which is one everybody knows that, you know, we have Nova on Wednesday night and Masterpiece on Sunday, Antiques Roadshow on Monday, um, as well as what we're doing during the daytime. And that's where the children grades 4 to 12 material is, is airing during the day. 56.2, Detroit PBS Kids is the PBS Kids channel. So all for the little kids, ages 0 to 8. All of which, by the way, have their own curriculum attached to them. We're just not pushing that out as hard because we think there are other things that are more important for families and little kids right now. The third channel is the do-it-yourself channel we call Create. That's where it's a great escape, actually, if you're an adult to go just watch the America's Test Kitchen ladies cook or watch (laughs) happy little clouds being formed, you know, or woodworking on the weekends, you know, all kinds of things that are crafting. If you're looking for something to do around the house, there's ideas on the Create channel. If there was ever a time we needed Bob Ross, it's now. That's true. Uh, And then, of course, there's the World Channel, which is from noon to five every day. We have high school content, but it is also where you'll find news and documentary programming some of which is um, repeats from the the main channel at a different time period. For example, I love the World Channel because I can watch the news hour at 9 p.m. instead of 6 p.m. when I'm usually busy doing other things. But it's also interesting films and documentaries from around the world that you don't get exposure to any other way. George Ann Herbert from Detroit Public Television. Can't thank you enough for the time today. And more importantly, can't thank you enough for the efforts that DPTV is involved uh, with helping all of us navigate this crisis as we work our way through it. Thank you for the time today and stay safe. You too. Thank you, John. Michigan Motors Forward is produced by Jag and Detroit Podcasts in partnership with Tanner Friedman Strategic Communications. Subscribe for free on Apple, Google, Spotify, or wherever fine podcasts are found.